Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Anton Zachwer Podcast. Our guest today is Alex Rubchinsky. And Alex is a mentor, a speaker, an educator, and a master check practitioner and holistic therapist with over 12 years in the field. And Alex is one of the youngest professionals to reach level four training at the Czech Institute and has become part of an elite group of less than 50 practitioners worldwide. And what I think is so interesting and valuable about Alex is just how holistic he is. Um, he has a deep understanding in the fields of biomechanics, physiology, anatomy, holistic nutrition, physics, and ancient shamanic practices. And he's also incredibly proficient in Jungian psychology. And so, yeah, this was actually a beautiful podcast and probably one of the most important ones I've actually done. And in the podcast, specifically what we dived into was how to cultivate integrity, why it is so important to do shadow work mostly because of everything I just alluded to. We also talked about how Alex met his wife, Sarah, and how to always be in integrity and honest with anybody. Because if there is anything that Alex is a master in, it is maintaining integrity with anybody. Like I said, because he is not afraid of confrontation, because he doesn't care what people think about him, he's able to be in integrity with anybody and not sacrifice or be a prostitute at all. And I'm sure there's times where he does, but it's very much the minority, I'm guessing, with him. So I think there's a lot we can, uh, yeah, learn and experience from this one. Before we begin, I want to take a moment to thank our first sponsor of the show, Listening to Smile, and its founder and personal friend of mine, Ian Morris. Listening to Smile is one of the companies leading the movement to bring frequency-minded music to the mainstream. And for anyone who doesn't know, frequency-minded music is music that is infused with binaural beats and frequencies that enhance and speed up our body's natural healing mechanisms. And Ian's music is actively healing the world and is currently inspiring open-minded leaders in Silicon Valley to include his music in their products and to help them create a workplace culture that is focused on mental health and well-being. And I personally use Listening to Smile's products every single day to support me with stress relief and is my music of choice for my daily meditation practice. And Listening to Smile has two main programs. The first is their personal wellness program, and this is for personal use, and this consists of healing albums for stress relief, pain relief, and anxiety relief. And the second program is their affiliate program. This is what I'm currently part of, and this is for commercial use, and this is the exciting one. So what you get with this is two free starter albums and one brand new album every single month. You also get access to monthly live coaching events with founder Ian Morris and commission earnings on album sales, a 50% discount on all music purchases, and licensing, right, licensing rights to use and resell LTS music for commercial use. So... If you're interested in transforming your life and entering the expanding frontier of frequency-minded music, be sure to go to www.listeningtosmile.com and experience it for yourself. And at checkout, make sure to use code ANTON to get 40% off all albums and $100 off of their affiliate program. So enjoy, everyone. I also want to take a moment to thank our second sponsor of the show, Vidara, and their My Indigo Sun magazine. 
The mission of My Indigo Sun is to help you live a healthy and inspired life and is dedicated to bringing you the latest and greatest information related to the realms of the body, mind, and spirit. And I actually met the founder, Katerina, um, at an event earlier this year. And within five minutes, it was very clear that we were aligned and that we were going to be doing a partnership. And like myself and many of you, the people of Vidar are dreamers who see that the beautiful world we see ahead of us starts with us. So in addition to being their in-house podcaster, I'm also part of the working group helping my Indigo son to transition into a world-class publication. So if you are interested in transforming your life and taking part in an evolving spiritual community, be sure to go to www.myindigosun.com and check out the magazine for free. And now on to our podcast with Alex Rybczynski. Hey, what's up, everybody? Our guest today is Alex Rybczynski. And the reason why I brought you on today, one of the many reasons I brought you on today, Alex, is, um, yeah, the first of which is I, I just find you a very interesting human being. I'm sure you get that a lot, j- judging by our previous conversation. Um, but what I find very interesting about you is that you come across and maybe you just are like uber confident very confident you'll just say things very straight and especially in the circles that or at least the way that I've kind of set up the podcast and I think a lot of the audience and I think just a lot of people in society I think I know one of my shadows is that I have a hard time at times perceiving the difference between confidence and arrogance and so a lot of the time when you come across someone like maybe yourself who is very, you know, they come on like, you know, you come on very strong, you come on very direct and you, and you come on from my experience with you, at least in you'll state things as if there's not very much room for anybody else's perspective that is speaking to you. And again, this could be my shadow, my projection onto you. But again, I I find you very direct and it's like, okay, this is my perspective, hundred percent. And what was interesting is after, like, that was very confronting to me the first time I came across you. I was like, okay, I I don't know where I and Alex can find any any common ground. It's like, if I don't agree with Alex, like, how is this going to work? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem like there's very much push and pull. But, you know, we were supposed to have, I think, a half hour conversation. We ended up going for an hour and 15 minutes. And it was kind of in that time that I went, you know what? Alex is actually very generous. He's very gracious with his time. You gave me a whole tour of your home and your all of your equipment. And then we actually kind of got into a little bit of a heart to heart later in our conversation. And and I've been actually thinking about that conversation for the last week um, a lot. I've been thinking that I'd kind of put people into like two boxes, like kind, compassionate and open and then confident, arrogant, and closed. And this is why I find you fascinating. And one, one reason why I'm very excited about our blossoming and friendship, if it does turn into a deeper friendship in the future, is that I think that you, your personality is something that I want to get much more used to, because I think it would open me up to different experiences in my future. And I'm hoping that anyone that comes across this podcast and trusts me knows that 
I only have people on that I see as good people. And so if I have you on, that there must be something to you beneath the surface, especially on a compassionate level, because that's something I value very highly is people that are open hearted and loving. And so this is this is all to say that, yeah, I find that our society, we have a hard time compartmentalizing confidence and arrogance. And so, Alex, welcome to the show. And what is your uh, what's your perspective on all that kind of stuff? It, it's all based on, in my experience, what the person's talking about and how much you know and can bring to the table. So, for example, if you know maybe someone doesn't know something about a certain topic, they their ego may be challenged, so they write it off as arrogance. And there's a point where, you know, let's say when I'm teaching. And I'll have a student try to correct me. And then I'll tell them that's not the thing. That's not the thing. And eventually I'll go, well, Google it. Like, go look it up, go study it for yourself. Um, and it could be something like simple, like uh, someone called me out and uh, said that rolling your ankle out is inversion because they're pointing their foot uh, or the eversion. And I'm like, no, no, the bottom of your foot when it points in is eversion or inversion. And they were like, no, that's eversion. I was like, go look it up. I don't want to argue about this. I want to keep teaching. And then the, one of the instructors in the back was like, no, he's right. <laughs> you know, so there's a level of once you know what you're talking about, it doesn't, there's no shaking that. And so that's where I want to get to is that unshaken truth. Cause I have so much things going on and there's to have a conversation has to come in a place of something else that I'm doing in my life. And so if, if I'm having a conversation, it's either I'm not doing yard work, I'm not building my business, I'm not with my family, I'm not playing with my kids, I'm not taking my, you know, taking care of myself or my dogs. So it's like I have to sacrifice something to share something. And since I sit alone and ponder thoughts and read and research and apply and, and in my own time to stop doing that, to, you know, to tear away from a client and answer a question to someone that's upset on Instagram, I, I have no time for it. So they, because I'm not going to sit there and lecture them, which they probably wouldn't respond to anyway, they're going to write it off as arrogance. And, you know, oh, they're, they're so arrogant. They don't even have the time. It's like, no, I do. I gotta go look at, look into what I'm saying. Oh, where are the references? Go find them. Go prove me wrong. That's all I care about. And if you prove me wrong, I'll listen and I'll change the way I think. And I think that's where people get more, more stop with me. Uh, they're like, oh, there's no change in this guy. It's like, no, I'll change on the dime if I find something that's worth changing my whole paradigm for. But I've spent a lot of time weeding my mind and weeding my, my thoughts and my emotions and my, how I want to show up to the world and how I want to create the world. And so when, when people meet me, they're afraid to draw the sword. So they step away and, you know, they label me as, you know, something else. And that's, that's for them. That's okay. I'm perfectly comfortable with people labeling me with whatever they want. Cause it always comes around and they're, and they meet me and they're like, He's actually really freaking nice and he listens and he's really compassionate and I didn't expect that from the first round and uh, of communication with him. And I, I definitely can see how people would use arrogance to mask a lack of knowing or study. Like you see doctors or you see like, a, you know, fitness coaches, they'll mask their lack of 
continued education and not only like the, the amount of education, but the amount of processed and applied for years of education with like, if I admit that I'm wrong, then no one will trust me. But that's part of the truth. That's an egoic concept versus when you tell people you don't know, they actually trust you more. Mm. So uh, for me, since I've spent so much time around Pacheco, I've spent so much time with actual working app, like applying these principles to my life and to my, to my, to my clients and my family. I know when these things work and I know when they've changed. And so when I know when people apply them or don't apply them properly. And I know when, like when people apply them properly with their whole heart behind it, they get the outcome. And I tell people often that I use my, my family, like not in a weird way, but I reflect on my family to know how I'm like, if my kids are upset, my wife is upset. I know something in me is not grounding properly. So then mm -hmm. I go and I tune myself up, search inside. What is that thing that's causing me to be unstable? And then when I get, and then when I find that thing, I look up and all the dogs are calm. The cats are calm. The animals or the, the, my kids are calm. And then like my wife is doing the thing that she, she wants to do without like, you know, kind of looking around or whatever, you know, being on eggshells. And I'm like, okay, that was it. Cool. And then I move on in my life. And then I try to reapply that. So that way it continuously creates harmony until I run into that moment again. And then I'm like, well, what is it now? What have I not learned from this experience? So then doing that for years and years and years of my life creates this, uh, this level of self reassurance that I know what I'm talking about because I've applied it versus someone who's read it in a book and regurgitated it. And so to those kind of things, I speak very confidently on, and then on things that I'm not so sure, I always tell people, I'm like, Hey, I'm still studying this. This is what I found. And I'm always enjoying when people provide information to add either on top or like give me a perspective to think on. So then I can go and process even further. What am I missing? So how can I make this bulletproof? So when I post something, there is no argument. And the only argument people can say is childish. And then no one listens to childish arguments. Adults don't at least. Hmm. So that's, that's how I even write my Instagram posts. Like if you disagree with this, that means you either one don't know enough need to study more because the things I write are very intelligently tailored to create a point or to highlight a shadow. Mm. And then it, you see what I mean? Oh, yeah. And those kind of things and those kind of, uh, cause I put that much effort and that's why I don't post daily. Cause it's, a, it's, it's such a headache to post all the time. And uh, I try to keep things as authentic as I can with the time that I have and the, and the willingness that I have. And, um, and I definitely see how people can see that as arrogant if they're insecure about the maybe the level of information they know about a certain topic. Yeah, yeah, that's actually. Um, hmm. Yeah, you, you actually just outlined that in a way that I hadn't thought about it before, or at least I'd thought about it. But like you, you kind of just gave the 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 final puzzle piece, like. Because everyone talks about like if something offends you, it's your shadow or, you know, it's something that you're insecure about. And I always understood that cognitively, but I didn't. <clears throat> but when you were speaking, I went, ah, because I remember being a bit confronted when I met you. And then when you were just speaking that, I was like, OK, what was it about that? And 
it, and I could realize it was one of my old shadows um, from when I was a kid. I felt like if someone doesn't invite me forward, they don't care about me. And then when you do end up talking to someone who, um, I don't know, you can, in astro- astrological terms, you can call it like a very Aries like energy, that very force of will, the me, I'm, I'm here to share myself with the world. For someone with my shadow, that comes across as arrogant because I don't feel valued, seen, or in some sense, even, I guess you could say safe because you feel safe when you feel connected. And then if, if, if you don't feel a connection with somebody, you don't feel that safety. So that's interesting. And then, you know, what you just said, I was like, uh, um, if I paraphrase you correctly, like, you know, this is my opinion. If you disagree with it or whatever, um, you're either like wrong or I'm wrong. That's interesting, too, because definitely from my experience on social media in the world today, that is like a no, no, like that's very confronting to people. Anyone that is extremely assertive and they say, you know what, if, if you disagree with this, I've done my research, you're probably wrong. It's like the whole, let's say like politically correct movement and everything is very much like nobody's right. Like there's, there's almost this idea that I I've observed in society now that like, you know, you give the, uh, the participation trophy to everybody. Um, and again, in some sense, I see both sides of that. I don't think it's all bad. Um, I I think I get the point, but I think there's definitely some problems associated with it now, but there is this thing, like if you speak, ah, that's kind of what it feels like to me. If you speak in a manner that you are breaking apart from the status quo, you're wrong. It's almost like in some sense that politically correct movement a lot of the time is we're all in this together. And then any separation of any leadership or whatever is confronting to everybody else and we we push you down. And then so what you just said, from what I kind of gathered, I could feel why that would be extremely confronting to people. Because a lot of people are insecure about their intelligence, are insecure about their appearance, are insecure just in themselves and yeah feeling at times like somebody is not lending the hand down to lift you up i think can be very confronting to people you know yeah i can i can even say when you mentioned political correctness like if i someone who believes in political correctness i would say something to them like well political correctness is actually more divisive than speaking directly to your observation and to someone that thinks political correctness is unifying, that will actually absolutely blow their paradigm apart. Because then when you're observing something, you're labeling it correctly. And then people can go, yeah, that makes sense. But when now you're withholding information because of political correctness, hoping that the person doesn't get offended, which, you know, or feeling like they were heard or seen or whatever, it highlights to me that the person is still a child because I don't mm. need people to see me. I see me. Mm. I I know what I'm talking about because I've seen it. And so uh, it's like the tadpole and the, the frog story. Have you seen, have you heard that one? No. It's like there's two tadpoles and then one tadpole evolves into a frog a little faster and it goes on land. And then there's a bunch of little other tadpoles and the frog comes back and he goes, you got to get up there. There's land. And they're like, what's land? And they're like, there's air. And they're like, but what's air? What do you mean you breathe? Like, aren't we in the thing that we're breathing right now? It's like, no, no, no. It's a whole separate world up there. 
And then the tadpoles are like, you're crazy, man. And the frog is like, how do I explain it to them? And they can't unless they go experience it. Mm. And only when they're ready can they go experience it. So it's one of those things where the frog can get agitated. And if he brings the tadpoles to land, they'll die because they haven't evolved to be on land yet. Mm. And those are those same concepts where if you see yourself, there's no one's going to talk you out of the things that you've seen. In my mind, I'm thinking they probably haven't seen it. Mm. And that's okay. Like and a child arguing with me about how a thing is pronounced. I'm not going to argue with them about that. Like pig Newton versus fig Newton. Like, <laughs> like as Louis C.K. says, I can read the box. Like I know what it says. You know what I mean? Yeah. And otherwise it's like, why are you arguing with a two-year-old? So there's, there's a point of a maturity that if people aren't mature enough to have a conversation and it's not whether we're like, I'm wrong or you're wrong. It's like, how do we all learn mm. is where I'm at. And so I'm going to present a very, very strong observation and experience of my life. And then people will share theirs. And then we have a conversation around it. And then if none of us want to learn or like if the other person doesn't want to learn or perceive that I'm not learning, that's okay. But that's their mistake because I'm always learning how they're sharing the information, what they're sharing, I'm processing it. And sifting it through my psyche and um yeah I'm, I'm always i'm always learning and i'm like whether the earth is flat around if someone proves to me that the earth is flat i'll change my whole way of thinking if someone shows me the math for how the earth is flat fine like i'm i'll get behind that if someone walks me to the edge and was like take a look and i'm like oh you're right okay so i have no problem with changing the way i think and feel and experience life um it's i i know a lot of people haven't thought through life enough because they're too busy watching sports and playing video games and and participating going to the bars and chasing girls and uh they haven't really dug deep enough into life to to have even a conversation hmm. you know because all they know is like the starting lineups to every team and what their fantasy score is. And I'm like, that's, I don't care about that stuff. I care about the things that bring my family harmony and bring people health and happiness and wealth and sustainability and how to make the earth better and how to leave it better for my family. Like that's what I care about. Mm. And so if that doesn't fit into that, then I don't have an interest talking about it. You know, with, with my wife's parents, you, you know, uh, her dad loves football. So I'll talk football with him because I used to play football for 11 years. And, and uh, so I, I can still hang in the football conversation and it makes him feel good. So I can not in a condescending way, bring myself to the level, but I don't expect him to talk about his childhood traumas because that's not where he's at. So it's okay. Mm. So I'm going to meet him to have at least connect with him where we're at on a psychological level. And I can still have a good time doing so because I'm, Every now and then something pops up that I'm like, ooh, I didn't think you mean to say that, but I picked up on it and I'm going to go share it with my wife or your daughter and <laughs> we're going to go learn from it because some things slip up. Mm. So uh, I'm always I'm always willing to learn. And if yeah, people aren't confident, draw the sword with me, then it's okay. I'm, mm. I'm, com I'm comfortable with that. But they should know that it's not... I, it's not because I don't care about them that I don't engage. It's because I care about them that I don't engage <laughs> at times. Yeah, that that's interesting. <clears throat> hmm. Yeah, there's um, 
Mm. How how old are you? 34. 34. Hmm. Yeah. Do you know uh, very much about astrology, Myers-Briggs personality types, any of that kind of stuff? I know a little bit about Myers-Briggs. I have a bigger grasp on astrology, uh, tarot, even bigger grasp on tarot, archetypes, all those. Yeah. Those union philosophies. Yeah. The reason why I'm curious about that is, um, yeah, what, what I'm listening to you, what, what I'm in some sense, what I'm hearing is a lot. I'm guessing, would you say a lot of the conversations you have are with very mature intellectual people where you're trading information and sharing and like very growth oriented um because because i'm thinking of this like this balance between different kinds of conversations are almost for different kinds of things um like there's you know the conversations you have to learn you know even in, in some sense like that's what a podcast a lot of the podcast is is sharing information um and then there's other conversations and again i think it depends like where you are in your personality, literally, of like how agreeable you are, how disagreeable you are, how compassionate you are, how like conscientious. There's all these things where like for me, it's just a part of my my personality. I'm extremely interested in merging in some sense. Um, for me, it's probably the reason why I was drawn to podcasting is that so much of the whole point of conversations for me, and this is also, I think, because also you're in a coaching and a leadership position a lot of the time, where a lot, where for me as a podcaster, as a podcaster, a lot of what I do is about sharing something, having someone else share something, and then creating something together. Everything is almost like creating another entity, like this idea, building an idea or building this shared experience. And in podcasting, at least the way I've done it and the way I've learned how to do it, a lot of the recipe of that is being extremely attentive to people and pulling pulling them forward and pulling out their thoughts, perspectives and opinions on things. And I'm, I'm formulating a question as I go with this for you. Um, what is, yeah, what is your perspective on like different kinds of experiences, different kinds of conversations and how are they valuable to you in different ways? Do you know what I'm, I'm getting at here? Uh, I'm going to try to answer it. Let me know if I'm not on what you're asking. Um, I value conversation to the degree that the person that I'm having a conversation with can add something to what I'm sharing. Cause if it, if they don't, then it becomes a teacher student role where I'm mm -hmm. basically sharing the things that they're pulling out um, of me and asking questions, which I do on a daily basis and I love doing it. And then there's times where it, it affects when, when there's a lapse of boundaries, when I set up a time to do something like that, and then it goes beyond that time and it affects other things in my life, 
and especially if I'm not receiving any sort of reciprocation of two intelligent growth-minded individuals that want to learn, then it becomes, uh, I feel like it's a parent-child relationship. Mm. And a lot of those relationships happen when people don't establish their values and boundaries. And so if they don't have these boundaries in place, or let's say, for example, they're insecure about feeling like the bad guy or looking like, like the arrogant guy, when that's not for me to, for, to, to argue with anyone to the, say I'm not arrogant, whatever their perception is, that's their perception. I'll do my best to, to work on that, but I'm also not going to change fundamentally who I am and agree with them to get them to stop thinking I'm arrogant or whatever. I'm inspiring people to learn more. So that way, when they do learn more, they'll go, oh, and have a little bit of humility because I've been humbled many, many times over, um, especially by Paul. So Mm. uh, (laughs) in front of a lot of people. And it's one of those things where I, I wouldn't waste my time if Paul was mean Mm. and didn't add value to my life. So I always ask, is what he's saying true? Yeah, of course. Have I applied this yet? No, I need to keep applying this. Okay, I'm going to keep applying this. And when I've applied this to the degree that I either, one, disagree, and I found something different, then I'll raise my hand or pick up my, my sword, and then I'll go and challenge something. 99.9% of the time, the more I do the thing, the more it, I get the result that I'm looking for. So going back to the values is, is I value helping people, but not to the extent that it hurts my family or else I would be doing it for free all the time on Instagram. And then my kids would never see me. My wife would never see me. My 10 animals would never see me. My land would never get worked. And so there's these things that you know, I've created a life for myself that has a lot of responsibility. And uh, I need to share with the world the things that I know in, in the time and space that I have to share them. And so if people don't want to buck up to the challenge then of confronting themselves and uh, having this conversation or having a conversation, then I don't have time for it because it's like arguing with a child and I don't want to do it. Um, and because uh, ultimately at the end of the day, anything that I bring up to people is only for their highest good. And so if I even waste my breath telling something, even if it's confrontational, abrasive, it's because I care about you enough to let you know this thing about yourself, not to belittle, diminish, bring down you in any sort of way or any person in sort of way or circumstances to make myself get ahead. Mm-hmm. What I've noticed in my life is I share things with people and then they put that ahead of me and then actually turn around and, and not credit and belittle me about it. So I'm like, what, what do you mean right. by that? What is meaning? What I share ideas with I share ideas with people, and then they go and make tons of money off my ideas, or I'll share uh, without any credit, and it's like becomes their idea. And I'm like, hmm. And after many many times of having that happen, unfortunately, I've oh, fortunately I've learned, and then then people have their own thoughts because they hear me talk less, and they go, oh, he must not know as much. Because he talks less, and either way, they're going to have an opinion or a judgment or an you know some kind of thing. And because I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, it gets frustrating when people don't. If all they know is confrontation, 
then they get agitated when people don't confront them. Mm. So because I'm aware of that, I don't play the game. So if you don't play the game, then who's left playing the game? They are. They're they're sitting there playing with themselves. <laughs> Man, that that that's interesting. I didn't know that happened a lot. Um, so you, 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 do you feel like you've been burned by a lot of your friends? Or would these people ever been considered friends? Were they acquaintances? Um, well, they are, you know, they were acquaintances that some of them I thought were friends. Some of them were, you know, business associates or acquaintances and mm. um, been burned by friends, people who, you know, funny enough, friends with my kids and we became friends through our kids together and, and then end up being burned by them. And then, and then after some time, it's like, okay, what have I not learned about the situation? And then, um, so now whenever I have someone that I want to turn from a acquaintance to a friend, to a close friend, because those are the only people that I really keep around is I test them with my honesty and see how they respond. And everyone that's in my life now that continues to choose to be in my life is there because they want to. And because they respect the values, the boundaries, and they respect and see Sarah and I, not only as two individuals, but as a, as a unit, and they don't infringe upon that unit. And I don't even have to tell them the boundaries because they are intelligent enough to pick on, pick up on themselves. And then also whenever those situations arise, when I, when we bring it up, like a direct, like, Hey, this is one of those things that like, here's how we run this family. And they go, cool. I respect that while I'm here. I'm like, cool. And then we move on and then we continue our lives instead of it being like this upheaval of child traumas and all these things. And so I expect people to do the work if they want to like, for example, uh, how many people do you think can that know Paul check and go hang out with Paul check? And you think he'll let them in your house without any sort of self-awareness? Not like zero, Z zero. The answer is zero, <laughs> you know, unless it's their children, but even their children have, more self-awareness than more adults have nowadays. <laughs> and so that's, that's kind of, yeah. That's his, kind his, of what his I'm son who's like running around pooping on the floor and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's kind of the, the, what I'm sharing is if there's no level of respect for self and for what, you know, we're creating or even an awareness of like, Oh, these things are in place for a reason. Then they find them that find themselves weeding themselves out of our lives. Mm. Um, and, and I'm perfectly okay with that because I, would enjoy my own company better than the company of, of let's say, you know, people who are vampires or flatterers or uh, deceivers or manipulators. Mm -hmm. I'd rather get the honesty up front. Mm. Do you still find, do you find you have a lot of people trying to like become friends with you? And because of who you know and the circles you run in, do you find there's a lot of people that try to kind of find, like come in and then you are like guarding the door with honesty and oh, yeah. confronting? Yeah. I mean, we know a lot of people with lots of followers and you know they're friends of ours. And when they're like, oh, hey, do you think you could set up a podcast with them? I go, no, go reach out to them. I'm like, like, what about Paul? Can you can you send this to Paul? I'm like, no. Like, like and then if the, and, and based on how they handle it, is how I move forward. So if they get all pissy about it, then I know the relationship isn't really the relationship, you know? And so I'm always willing to ask for 
you know, let's say connections or whatever. And if they say no, I go, cool. I respect that. Respect the hell out of that. And so then I move on with my life and I find someone else that, that, that can create a new connection for me so I can continue to, you know, spread my wings or whatever I need to do. But there are people that they'll, they'll get really like offended that you won't Mm. bridge the gap for someone, even though the, even though you may sense that it's not a genuine uh, interaction that they're trying to get or there, or it's almost like a stepping stone. And then, mm. so you kind of hold the stepping stone back until they prove themselves that they're, you know, whatever the individual that they say they are. And uh, because I have so much going on, I have so much patience for all the other stuff. Like I'm not waiting for people to prove themselves. It's like they show up and how they show up is how I receive them. And, and then if they show up in a bad mood, I call them out on their bad mood and I go, what, what is that about? And then, you know, and if they're like, nah, nothing, then I'm like, all right, well, it is what it is. Like this person doesn't trust me enough to share their things with them. So I move on, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, because like I said, because I have so much going on, if people aren't there yet, they won't show up as themselves. So I'm okay with that. Because mm. I, I love being alone. And that's a lot of people do not like being alone. And I have three kids and, and a wife and 10 animals. So like you can argue that I'm never alone, <laughs> which is also another reason why I love being alone so much. So when people, you know, <clears throat> take the time I have to be alone to um, play games, then uh, I don't have any room for it. Mm. Yeah, I hear you. I'm just like reflecting on right now. Yeah. Like when you do start knowing more and more influential people, as you start kind of climbing up that ladder, like luckily. Yeah. That'll be an interesting one. Cause I feel at the beginning you love the valid, like, or at least I'm projecting this. I'm guessing as I get more and more, influential popular or whatever people i 100 people are gonna come out of the woodwork be like oh anton my, my best buddy from high school man how are you doing <laughs> and you know if this was a few years ago i'd probably be incredibly flattered by that um if anything i might even want to flaunt my influence by helping people with things but it's like at, at this point yeah like you said i've also been burned a few times and yeah for me now it's 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 all just about genuine relationships and genuine connection yeah i wasn't always like this like i used to be when did that love to be flattered um about a couple years after well, well being in a relationship with sarah Cause she balanced me out. She does not like flattery, all those like lusty things. And so I was infatuated by those things. I was infatuated by people telling me how good of a practitioner I was. And then I would lower myself to the point where it would make me smaller. So that way it'll invite compliments. Ah, yeah. I can, I've done that before too. Yeah. And so when, when you don't need those anymore, you can you know when people are flattering you ah. but if you still 
if you still need it, like I'll give you an example. Someone wants something from you and then they come up and they flatter you, they up and down, left and right. And then they ask, make a request and you say no. And then watch the reaction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. But I'm, I'm okay sitting in that. Cause that's, that's my, that's how I know. And if the, if they're not genuine, like I get it when people say my hair looks nice. I'm like, it does. It looks really good. I, I, I know this thing about myself. And then, <laughs> but then, but then they're like, you know, they'll like point out, like, let's say like something else. They'll point out like my shirt's really nice. And it's like a plain green shirt. And I'm like, thank you. And then they're like, they're not flattering back. I'm so uncomfortable. Okay. I don't know what to do with this, you know? And then you start seeing this like tension build up in them. And then because I don't need it, I'm not like a child that gets an Xbox on Christmas that are like, that's all that's in their face. And they're like, I cannot (laughs) wait to be immersed in this thing, you know, (laughs) that I'm not, I'm not ready. I I don't need to, I don't have that immersion in that compliment. And so if, if, if it's not given freely, then I don't want it. Mm. It takes a lot of like time to feel that with the opposite side of that. Mm. And then, and then, yeah, you met Sarah eight years ago. So you were 20, 26 around when you're talking about this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And when did you meet Paul and when did you go through all the check stuff when you're 25, 26? No, I, I started going when I was in 20, 2010 or I bought a correspondence course, 2019, I think 2010, 2010 was, I think it was on a first, I took my first course. I think I started in 2019. 20, no, 2009, not 2019. 2009 is when I first was introduced to Paul. Um, yeah, 2008, 2009, I was introduced to Paul. And then I've been coaching, training since I since 2000, 2006, 2007. Mm, yeah, because my, my question is, so how, how old were you when you started the, the Paul stuff, like 19? 20, yeah, 20, 19, 20, 21, something around there. And I'm I know very, I took my, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just, I'm very curious. Um, Can you share, like walk us through, how have you seen yourself change from, because 20, man, I remember when I was 20, I was a fucking mess. Like, Jesus, dude. So I, I'm curious, run us through, yeah, 20 up until now, what have been the big pivotal moments, the big themes? How have you seen yourself change? in the last 14 years? I mean, it's almost unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was still like this. Headstrong, knew I studied, knew I applied things. And uh, it was, yeah, it was the person that introduced me to Paul Check basically called me out. It was like, why can't I do this one thing? And, um, in, in the PT world or in the train, in the training world. And I was like, I don't know, where did you learn this? And that's where my curiosity is always like, where did you learn this thing? And then, so they tell me, well, there's two options. One is Paul check. And then, so I was like, Paul check seems something in my gut is like, do that. Hmm. And so I don't think, I, I, I don't think as much as I go do stuff, which probably why I have more experience and probably more pain and other things like that than most people. Cause I'm like, like, Oh, uh, there's an idea. Let's go try it. 
I'm a lot better at that now. So that, then before I go try it, I go discern, is this something that is going, is this aligned towards my dream? Is this aligned with my values? Is this something I want to do? This is not actually something I want to do, but it sounds fun, but I don't really want to do it. Okay, cool. I'm going to go back to doing what I was doing previously. Um, pivotal moments. Um, I mean, it's hard to like, yeah, who, who, hard, who, who, who were like, I know you just said you're kind of the same person you are now when you're 20, but I'm guessing like less, but like, yeah. How, yeah. What were you like when you were 20? You know, what were you like when you started the check stuff? What were you like when you met Sarah? What were you like in years of being with Sarah up until now, starting a family, all that kind of stuff? How it was like when I first started with Paul, I was, uh, still confident with the things that I knew. Um, very insecure with my body. Really? Um, so? Chased with, I mean, I was a fat kid growing up mm-hmm. and then I started noticing around 14 that people change the way they interact with you based on what your body looks like. Mm. That was my understanding from back then. And now it's people interact with you the way you interact with you. Yeah. Uh, and so, Cause then I, it always confused me how these like, like really overweight comedians have these like really like hot wives. And I was yeah. like, Oh, cause, cause they don't see themselves as that. And yes, their, their choices of life are really messed up, but you, people could see you for you and your soul and your humor. And that that's what they're attracted to. And that may not be a value for another person, you know? So, uh, back to, yeah. Uh, insecure with the way I looked, uh, how I felt not expressing things the way I wanted to express emotionally clogged up. Hmm. Um, even though I full of emotion, but I didn't know how to express it properly. Um, and whenever it would get clogged up, it would go to the channels that I knew how, which was anger and distance. Hmm. And so if you didn't get anger, you got distance. And if you didn't get distance, you got anger. So those are my ways of expressing my needs in the past. Um, and if I try to express sadness and it was stopped by some way, cause it wasn't, I was, didn't feel heard or seen or whatever, then it went to distance or anger. One of those, oops, one of those two. Um, so it was when I met, when I, when I was at, when, when I first started the Czech Institute, I knew that I knew things mm. that other people didn't. Cause I could, I could tell it's like the analogy was like, people were looking at a pig, calling it a cow. And I'm like, do y'all not see this? Like, this is blatantly obvious, a pig. Uh, Alex, so I, I'm, I'm curious, like, was, was this intuitive or did you like, were you studying at this point or was this just like an intuitive, like for whatever reason, I just, I feel like I know this is the way it is, but other people can't see it. Both. Gotcha. Cause that's, I mean, through, that's how I found Paul. I mean, he told me the guy that introduced me to Paul gave me another option. It was actually Charles Poliquin. And he told me about both of those guys. And I went and bought all of Paul's introductory courses, HLC one, all of his correspondence courses, exercise coach at the time. Now it's IMS one golf biomechanics. I bought them without even looking who Paul was. Hmm. I went on his website, found all of his courses that were entry level and I bought them all. And then when I put the DVD in, it was like puzzle pieces on this big puzzle map that I had that were missing for a long time. And then it started filling in gaps and it like, I was like, this is what I've been looking for. So my intuition leads me to certain places. And so the same feeling I had when I met Paul was the same feeling I had when I met Sarah. And I was like, mm. 
I don't know what it is, but I'm going to keep investigating this. What did that feel and like I, with, with a with a woman? Like, what did that feel like to to find someone and be that a pull? What what was that aroma like? Sensation. Can you describe it? Have you ever uh, walked into a room and you were kind of surprised, but then you felt like home? And then you were like, go on, go on. And then you were questioning whether you're actually home because you're feeling so comfortable, but you're in like a different state. And then you, you know, you're home, but you don't recognize home, but you feel like you're home and where everything in you, you could feel your whole body and everything feels warm. And then you know, things about this person that they haven't told you yet. And you haven't made any effort to know them. Like you haven't like, like consciously, like, analyzed or observed they're like how do i know these things certain things that make sense so whenever i was around sarah my my intuition was amplified Mm. at such an such an exponential rate that it was it felt like the most real thing to the point where i questioned my reality around it wow so it was the same thing with like you know buying the check courses And then my parents being like, why are you spending all this money? You're trying to save up money so you can move out and, you know, raise a family and meet someone and yeah, you know, this and that it was the hero's journey where your greatest, uh, you know, supporters become, you know, your, your villains in your, in the story temporarily until they come back and become your greatest supporters again. And, um, and it was that same thing where I became my own villain going like, this can't be real. We know each other's, we, we, we would play telepathic games with each other and we would write things on paper so that way we couldn't change our answers. <laughs> and then we would say our answers verbally and then show each other the paper and like, t- we would timestamp notes and screenshot them and then describe experiences that we're, that we're doing. And it was like one of those things where it was so real that it, that it, it couldn't have been real, but it was the more, most real that I've ever felt. And, um, and, and I've noticed at that point when, um, you know, I don't pray very often. And when I pray, I usually, I pray for the wisdom to see what I need to see that my ego won't let me see in front of me. So I go, if I need to see something, please override my ego and make it so obvious that I can't turn away from it. And so those moments are those when I can't turn my head away, I go, this must be something I need to continue in. And even like a year into Sarah and I being in a relationship together, I think Sarah, <clears throat> we were having an argument and Sarah would be like, why do you even love, do you even love me? Why do you love me? And I, and I, my answer to her was not nice for her to hear, but it makes sense now years later, but I go, I don't know, but I'm willing to stay and find out because I don't know what this gravitation that we have towards each other but I know it's not an accident. Hmm. And my stubbornness will override my ego to follow what my soul is telling me to follow. Hmm. And so that's the commitment I have with my soul where as irritating as something might be when it's time, let me know and I will be a slave to it. Hmm. And those are those things that, that that's, that's a, uh, that's how we met. And, uh, and so since then, Sarah's very emotionally intelligent 
and very, very communic uh, her communication is very, uh, very buttoned up and, and expressive and, and, and like she can either fill, fill your world or she can assassinate you with words. <laughs> She's like one of those. Yeah. yeah. And so at, at the same time, it's like, I'm learning to be around her. And so, uh, like almost like how when you when you got on this podcast, you were like you kind of like prepped the audience for me. You translated my directness to an audience member that is potentialist and that could be like ah forget this guy I'm gonna turn this off. Yeah, that's what Sarah used to do for me. And then because I'm highly observant, I watch how Sarah communicates to other people what I want to say. Wow. And then so then I try to then bridge the gap of like huh they receive that much better than I said it. I'm like, okay, maybe around these certain feelings around people, I need to communicate it this way. So I'm always changing the way I speak because wow. to my six and a half year old, my 13 year old, my almost 17 year old and my 40, 42 year old wife, I speak very differently to. Wow. You know, that was actually what I, I, cause you know, when I was trying to formulate that question about half an hour ago about the different kinds of communication and the different conversations to tell you the truth, man, I was trying to formulate that in a way that didn't offend you and didn't hurt your feelings. That's why I was like, how do I say this? But you just said it perfectly. Like I was curious because with how direct you are, I was wondering if you ever modify the way you communicate so that you can bridge different gaps with different people that have different emotional or communication styles, you know? I will say anyone that ever approaches me with curiosity will never hurt my feelings. And if you don't approach me with curiosity, then you won't get my time. So that's usually mm -hmm. the two, the two downsides. And so if you're going to be a child, then, then I'm not going to pay attention to children that are dressed up in adult bodies. And if you come at me with curiosity, I'll be happy to explain myself until I realize that people, let's say, let's say they, they're not interested in learning. So I noticed that they're repeating the same question differently the whole time. And I'm like, this is annoying. So if you don't want to learn, then that's fine. Then I, I don't need to be seen by you. And you need to see me to feel something for yourself. And so label me the villain. I'll clear the space anyway. And then you can have your, 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 your lesson when, whenever you're ready to open that box of lessons. But at the same time, I, I change the way I speak to certain people. And then, and then when I say things that are blunt and direct, it could either be a listen because you really need to hear this and I'm not wasting my breath or mm -hmm. it could be a pattern interrupt and it's always for a reason or a test like new people. Like, let's see. Let's see if they can handle my direct me because if they can't handle me, then they're probably not going to want to hang around me. Did, did you do that to but me you when, you, when, you, when we first met? Was that what you did on purpose? No, but that's how I show up all the time. Mm. And then... And then if they can see me for something that's beyond the initial jar of my personality, and they're like, but this guy, I feel has a good heart. I'm going to keep finding out. And the moment they see that, then I interact differently. Mm. And it's all always different. I always interact with people's souls. It's not, I'm not interacting with egos. I'm confronted with egos, but I speak to people's souls because I don't have time to waste 
Like if someone's like, Hey, I don't know why this fungal infection won't go away. And as they're holding like a cup of coffee, a kombucha and a bag of like Skittles, <laughs> and be like, it's the Skittles and the coffee thing. I'm like, you don't see that. They're like, and then their opportunity is to go, Oh, you're right. Thanks for bringing this up. I was unconscious about this, or, you know, maybe they don't have to say anything. They'll go, Ugh. And, and if they're like, no, this can't be it, then I go, great. I'm going to move on with my life. Cause this is, I'm not going to go deeper into this. Go, mm. go, go look up Doug Kaufman and whatever, you know, you know, say a name of a book that they need to go look at. So they, that way they can, we could be on the same page. Mm. And then you. if they do, then they'll go, Oh, he was right. And then they'll come back and talk to me again. But if they don't do it, then they're going to keep, they're never going to come back and talk to me again. Because mm. everything that I speak to is for people's hearts and their souls. And sometimes the jar is what shakes the ego. And it sometimes, does. you know, how do you, how do you get fruit out of a tree? Freaking shake it. Yeah. I feel, I feel it's a delicate balance. It's, um, I, I get what you're saying, though. It's like if you shake and they leave, they probably weren't meant to stay. They probably weren't at the they weren't vibrating at a frequency that both of you were aligned with that there would be any room for for harmony with. It's definitely uncomfortable at times, though. But that, yeah, that, that directness, man, especially because yeah, my, my go on. Oh, go ahead. I, I was, was going to yeah. <laughs> okay, Alex, Alex, Alex you, you go. <laughs> because, because ultimately I want to know why people want to talk to me. Really? Like, what is your intention with showing up to my house or calling me? Because like, why think about like a bison in the field? Why go, why do you want to go be friends with the bison? <laughs> why do you want to, why do you want to poke it? Do you want to ride it? Do you want to walk with it? Do you want to eat it? The bison, like, but if you get too close, you might get killed. Hmm. I'm not saying I'm going to go kill people, but the point is you might get hurt, whether it be like mentally, emotionally, something might get bruised. So I want to know why do you want to approach, like people see me as some kind of different creature. It's like, why Hmm. do you want to approach this creature? So there's something from me that people want. Hmm. And the people that I get along most with is when they don't want anything from me. Yeah. What when when I reached out to you, what came across to you when I reached out to you? That you want to do a podcast with me. What was it was that all 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 it was to you? Or did you feel like when you talk about getting into someone's soul? Yeah, I'm cur- I'm curious because now that you bring bringing this up, this is actually really interesting. Because uh, yeah, yeah. Why why do you think when you met me in the first, let's say, like minute, what was the impression of why you think I reached out to you? Because you liked what I heard, what I said on a podcast, and you wanted to have your own conversation with me, and. Um, I wanted to hear what you, what your conversation was about and what you wanted to talk to me about. And I was, uh, I'm always hoping it's not like, tell me your story from life to birth, you know, <laughs> just like the question <laughs> I just asked you <laughs> a little bit, but, but you didn't pry on it. So I'm like, but you know, cause I'm like, there's, I, it's like, this, it, I talk about it a lot and I feel like we miss who I am talking about who I am and the value I'm sharing with people. 
as mm. to, you know, cause usually there's not very many round twos in podcasts. So it's always like, what did you hear that I said that you want to talk to me about that you want me to share with the world on your platform? Those mm. are the kind of things that I, that I look for. And, uh, um, and sometimes, you know, if people want to have a conversation, I'm, I'm usually up for having a conversation. I don't, I rarely, rarely say no to podcasts uh, because I like them. They're fun. No. And I, I, I can go back and go on like Apple and type in my name and I can actually see my own development of the things that I was talking about, the things that you should think about. And if you study on my, like from chronologically listen to the podcast, you can see how my thinking evolves. Uh-huh. And, and so that way there's certain things that I've gotten rid of and, you know, don't serve me anymore. But at the same time, I did want to question when you said you didn't want me on your podcast because uh, you didn't only put me on, wanted, wanted me on your podcast because you thought I was smart. And I'm like, well, what do you want a dumb guy on a podcast that, you know, doesn't share information? I was like, nah, I was like, he's saying that to make me feel comfortable, but it's okay. Or maybe Wait, he's not. Say, 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 say that again. G- go into that. I remember it was like, you know, I wanted to invite you on my podcast because you seem like a good guy, not because you were smart, not because you're smart, even though I know you're smart. I'm like, no, I have something to offer. And you see that. And that's OK. And that's why people reach out. No, that, that's, that's, that's actually no, that, that, that's not I didn't I didn't invite you on because I thought you were intelligent. I didn't I did not. But if I didn't have anything intelligent to say. Or wise to say. I'm not saying that's the only reason. I, I and, and and no no I, I'm just the reason why I'm pushing on this is because like I I really I want it I want to get with you and and because when you were talking about how you met Sarah and Sarah asked you why do you love me why are you with me and you said I don't know why but I'm drawn to you and I want to find out that's actually more the reason I reached out to you. The reason I gave you when I reached out to you of like, oh, I like what you talk about fatherhood or all this bullshit. I needed to find a reason to communicate with you to get you to come on my podcast. That was logical because we live in a logical world. I can't just be like, hey, man, I like you and I don't know why. And come on my podcast. You're like, you're fucking crazy, dude. So but legitimately, no, I, I did not bring you. Obviously, you're a smart guy. I like what you talk about. But like the way that you told Sarah, I tell the truth, man, I don't know why I'm drawn to you and why I wanted you to come on. It was more of an intuitive thing. I was like, I need, I want to get this guy on the podcast. Um, and it's interesting because I, because I, I find you kind of mysterious too, because I find you very different than me. And you know, like there's lots of times in this conversation right now that like a oh, little mini confrontation, I'll be a little con- confronted here, a little confronted there. You'll be talking about people like all these people want something. I was like, is he talking about me? Like I can kind of see, you know what I mean? And it's like, for whatever reason, I'm very curious about you. Um, Just the way you look at things. Um, I also... Interestingly enough, we might talk about this privately off a podcast, but yeah, yeah, I'll just, uh, yeah, I'll just say it. Like I, I, it's interesting. I find at times the way you communicate about things can sometimes feel like, like offensive, 
Like you're, it's like almost preemptively defensive. Um, and it's like, I, I'm, I'm still learning how to like talk about this kind of stuff with people like that, that kind of vulnerable stuff. Cause those are the conversations I want to have, man. Like, I don't like, I don't like bullshit. I, I, you know, a lot of the, the ways that I'm still learning how to be more courageous, more honest in podcasts. Cause you know, I want to get to that point where I'm like Joe Rogan and I can ask anything and I'm like a fucking wizard and no one gets like confronted. Like I, I'm like, I'm always in my mind. I'm like, I want to get to the point where I can, where I can summon the conversation I want to have about anything I want to talk about in the person. And I can say it in a way that doesn't confront people. Cause I know I still, I do, I still do that sometimes. I'm like, I'm like, how, like maybe because when I ask a question that I want to know that I want to connect with someone over, I know if someone asked me that question, it would be so delicate because it would be confronting for me. Like if someone asked that and it, and it didn't land, I'd be like, Oh, that's, that's deep. You know, that's really deep. And it's, yeah, I feel like I'm like learning trial by fire with you because I find again you are you you have the kind of personality that confronts me and that's very uncomfortable for me. Like someone that is very like, you know, if people don't fucking like me, well fuck you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I'm just like, whoa, like I'm the ops. I'm like, you know, I'm very accommodating. I'm very much like I'll give you five chances. You know what I mean? If like if if you fuck up and this is all to say, like, yeah, I find you very interesting, man. And I don't know why I'm drawn to you. So I love that we're having this conversation because I can share with you, lead with that and not because of something else. It's almost like meeting a woman and being like, you know, I, I don't know why I'm attracted to you, but it's definitely not because of your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and so to me i'm like but why 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 take a piece of me away I'm like enjoy the whole piece yeah you know but i also understand how people aren't ready for that kind of conversation but if you literally led with that with that honesty and left it at that honesty and stood there i've been like yeah right on um i could see i could see that i'm a different thinking acting human being and and uh yeah, let's have let's hop on a mic and have a conversation. You know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for letting me know that. It, but then again, you're a unique person. You know, will that land on the average, you know, person? And and that's something I'm coming to terms with. You know, I'd I'd love to get to the point. You know, maybe I'll actually start doing that. I'll be like, hey, man, I just I like you for whatever reason. I feel drawn to you. Um, I'd love to have you on a podcast and talk. Yeah, it's it's a radical change because we're not taught to be that way in society. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're really not taught to be that because it's, it's almost a spiritual thing. It's like it almost gets in this idea of like past lives and soulmates and soul clicks and all that kind of thing. But yeah, man, that's that's what I want to get to with with, with people. Cause yeah, I, I still, I still get nervous sometimes. I, I still, I still, cause you know, you get rejected, you get, you know, your entire life, you get rejected by girls when you ask them out, you get rejected by people, you get rejected by your parents, you get rejected by teachers, you get rejected by society. If I'm this way at my job two years ago, my fucking boss would look at me like I'm a crazy person. You know what I mean? Cause I worked at good life fitness like two and a half years ago before COVID. Um, 
or just after COVID. And so it's like, I'm still kind of coming to terms with, I'm having to like completely reevaluate and do a 180 on everything that I've created to feel safe. How I've learned to act in the world, how I've learned to connect with people, how I've learned to, to appear to people so that they will be able to connect. You know what I mean? 100%. I feel like I'm one of those, uh, and if, if, if I was in a video game, I'd be one of those bosses that tests people alignment and integrity. And so it's like, <laughs> I don't know what video game that would be the integrity <laughs> and alignment dark souls video game or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, like the point, the point of what I was saying is like, because I don't flip flop on those things. Like when someone says the thing, let's say we were talking about earlier about the, the, the intelligence thing, or um, you're always going to get like, if, if anyone, says that to me, they're going to get the same response from me. You know? So I'm very consistent with the way I be, the way I am. And, and when people come at me directly, honestly, and then are okay with whatever I say, and I'm, you know, and I'm not talking about like in a way of like, you know, Oh, I want you to, you know, go on a bender with me. Now, I would appreciate that much more than someone who goes, Hey man, let's, let's, let's go out and let's go here. And then they kind of lure me into a bar and then I have these weird feeling and then I'll never trust that person again versus someone that comes up to me and goes, Hey, let's go on a bender. And I go, I'm not into that. How about, how about you come over to my place and we do some yard work or we smoke some bags out of the volcano or we, you know, cook food at home. I don't want to eat. I don't want to be driving around and then have to eat fast food. So um, if you can handle that, we can, we can continue today or I'm going to go home and eat because I'm getting, my blood sugar is getting low and I'm tired, you know, mm. and I'm going to get cranky. So I always appreciate directness of what people need, want, desire from me. And uh, that's what makes me like people more. And the more consistent they are with it, the more they're going to get more uh, uh, responses from me. Or, you know, because if people can't handle the word no, all I hear in my head is someone that hasn't learned how to heal their father wound. Mm. And because, you know, they can't say no to their father and then it continues to happen and then they get upset that, you know, they're projecting father onto me and I'm saying no without even no regard over why I said no. Mm. And so in a sense, because I, I come from a place of non-judgment on, you know, it's like, Hey, if you want to go to Bender, go on a Bender. Like that doesn't involve me. Like I'm not judging you. You'll learn that it sucks at some point. Cause I've been, I've been on tons of Benders, you know, and I feel like garbage every time I do. So I don't do it anymore. And I'm not doing it because I'm judging people that drink alcohol. I know I've, I've, I've drunk myself into holes before. Like it's not fun for me anymore. So I don't do it. And so it doesn't come from a place of judgment that no, it's like, yeah, I don't, that doesn't interest me. Here are the five, six things that interest me that I'll do. And anything that doesn't fit into those five, six things I don't want to do. And if you want to still spend time with me, that means you got to find something for me to do that fit these six buckets, you know, Mm -hmm. go out paddleboarding, go do something active, go, you know, have some, tea somewhere or smoke some bags or, you know, so I have, I have my own operating system of how I like to function. And so the, the, the more people have respect over me because I'm going to respect people's choices of what they want to do. And 
that's all I, I appreciate that very greatly when people come at me like that. Mm. Even if it's like, Hey, do you want to do a business venture together? Like one of the things, uh, like for example, Hey, can I pick your brain? No, no, people can't pick my brain. Spent a lot of time picking my own brain and coming to these things. You can pay for my time and then I'll share things with you. Cause if I'm, if you're picking my brain for four hours, I'm not making money to support my family for four hours mm. or the yard or hanging out with my kids. Like these are the things that are going through my brain, but people don't see them as disrespectful or boundary overstepping because they're so used to it. Mm. So when I present them a hard no, it's like, I haven't emotionally grown enough to withstand this yet. Mm. Yeah, I think, well, I think a big part of that, you know, from what my experience is, almost everyone's codependent. And like, I can, I can see that in myself too. And it's like, yeah, definitely. If, so, if I, well, cause I think a lot of the time we, we have a genuine want or we have a genuine question. And then we also have some codependency. We also want something. And it's like, we have all of these different factors locked into the same space and it's really hard to differentiate them. And then if we have shadows and we're unaware of all of these things mixed up, it's really complicated. And then when someone says no to something that we think we want genuinely, but really we want something from somebody, it hurt it hurts us or we get uncomfortable or we feel like someone saying no to us as a human being, not no to our request or no to our idea. And even that's difficult. It's, you know, that's something I still definitely am challenged by is differentiating my ideas from who I am differentiating my stance in the world from who I am differentiating my business from who I am my brand from who I am it's like you know when you live in a capitalistic structure and with social media and everything so much of the time there's so much pressure to make money or succeed And yeah, you like, you know, I, I know for me, it's like you end up feeling this like pull to becoming your brand. And it's like being, being strong and being confident and be, and being a leader. There's a lot, there's a lot of, I, yeah, I feel like a pressure that I always have to like self-reflect on. Like where, where is this, where is this coming from? Yeah. Who's putting that pressure on you? Me. Why? Likely father wounds. Never felt like I was good enough. Heavily criticized when I was a kid. Yeah. And then codependent with my mother because my father was very emotionally abusive. So then I became codependent with my mom to survive that. And then so I know like I am hyper aware of other people's expectations and their feelings. And then, so I'm always, not always, but I'm often, I have the ability to, to understand people's expectations and feel their energies. And then, so if I tune into that too much, I lose myself in merging with, yeah, the emotions and people's expectations. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of the wounded 
um, uh, the word that's coming up is like fairies, but that's not the word I want to use, but that's kind of like brings paints the picture of like people who spend too much time in here and in here and never like with their feet on the ground and they're thinking so much, but they're not actually doing anything that changes it. So like, for example, like people who get together and they talk about their wounds, but never take a step forward to healing the wounds and talking is healing, but without action, it's air. It doesn't create material change. Mm. And then, then they go, well, maybe I'll go do some ayahuasca. And that'll do it. And then that blows their lid off even further. Then they're crying, they're crapping themselves. And then they go back. And then because their environment and also their integration isn't complete, they go back to trying to be important, being a leader, you know, being influential on Instagram or whatever. And then <clears throat> these wounds start creeping up <clears throat> out of the woodwork again. And then you go back to ayahuasca because that'll do the job. And then they do it again and it becomes a cycle. And I keep watching these people go through these cycles and I'm like, okay, hold on a second. Once this ball comes around, grab it. Okay. Relax. You don't have to be in the cycle anymore. Mm. Like what are some things that you can actually apply? These are the things here. I'll show you how I do it in the easy, easy perspective. I heard, I heard, um, you know, father, father wounds through, uh, you know, let's say codependency through uh, abusive relationship with parents. So pick one thing that you would change and then continuously put it in your awareness and see if you could find it in every single angle of your psyche. Oh, uh, Alex is really bringing my codependency. I feel like I can't I feel like I can't get to where I need to go unless I talk to Alex. He always brings me clarity. Okay, great. I'm insecure, but okay. Have I listened to what Alex said? I keep going to Alex for all these things, but what has he already told me? Okay. Let's say example, stop caring what people have to say. All right. And then you feel it. You sit in that, that like, like we were talking about, I um, want to get to know you because I feel like you're an interesting person. And that's it. And then you sit in that feeling and then you practice telling that to all the people that it feels genuine to. And then how they react is out of your control without having to make it in somehow in, 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 in back into your control or to, to force a connection, you observe it for what it is. And then if they separate and they come back and then after doing that a bunch of times, you'll go, huh, I've chosen to do that so much that it's actually not that uncomfortable anymore. What's the next thing? Mm. So then after 10, 15 years of you practicing, integrating these little tiny steps, they become parts of your character. And so that way, when you tell someone, you know, they give you a gift of anger and you go, yeah, no thanks, I don't want that. And then you watch them like, the box is like shaking all over the place, but like, well, I don't want it. And you're like, well, I don't want it either. I didn't mm. ask for it. And I could always say, no, I don't need a gift of anger. So you can keep it and then watching people then maybe the next step is watching people be angry at you for you upholding your boundaries in a adult way not a childish way like no i'm not going to play with you because you didn't play with me you know because that happens all the time so it's observing your psyche from all the different situations and sometimes it's better to do it when you're not in 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 the, in the heat of it 
So for example, if you had, if you had like this situation didn't work out, don't try to make it work there, go figure out why it didn't work. And some people are there to show you how, why it doesn't work. And, um, those are those things that create first awarenesses into habits, into character changes. And, and then once you realize what your boundaries and your values are, the more you uphold them, the more your life will change for the better. And you go, you know what? I like this life more than I like that life. And I'm going to keep pursuing this life because this life is way more harmonious. All the things that I ever wanted and desired are now happening. Mm. Why would I ever go back? Like once you've seen that if you could put those things into action and your whole life changed, like I showed you where I live and all those things. If I, if I, if my core values and boundaries and, and dream got me here, well, I wouldn't want to repeat that process. But a lot of people haven't experienced that. So I, I don't blame them for being frustrated about the boundaries and the way I do things. <clears throat> because if they saw, they would do the same thing. Mm. Mm. So I can't fault them for not knowing. So I don't judge them for not knowing. I'm only here as a mirror for them to know that when they get more comfortable with these deep truths or these uncomfortable feelings that we sit in, that there's so much better on the other side. Hmm. Before this, this will be the last thing we talk about uh, before we uh, we finish up. Because, you know, I, I, we all hear, or at least I hear that a lot, you know, the mirror, right? Everyone talks about that. Mm -hmm. In your perspective, when someone says, like, everybody is a mirror for you, what does that mean to you? If you don't know who you are, they're going to reflect outside of you. So that way they're going to reflect, for example, if you're an asshole, and then all of a sudden you meet someone that's a bigger asshole than you. They're your mirror to see what an asshole looks like. And you're going to go, you're an asshole. But what people don't see is the three fingers pointing back at you. How's that? You're a bigger asshole most of the time. Hmm. Have you heard that saying? When you point a finger, you have three pointing back at you. Yeah. So if you call someone an asshole, you're three times the bigger asshole. <clears throat> For the psyche to create an awareness, you first need to project that awareness outside of yourself. So onto other people. That's when this whole thing about like everything is a projection everyone's projecting but that falls apart when you know who you are so when you know who you are and certain things that you're not like when someone calls you an asshole you go i'm not an asshole i'm honest and i'm trying to help you so if that means if that means an asshole well then no one's going to be able to help you because <laughs> you've associated asshole with truth at least in that way the way in that presenting way. it. But then to people that present it differently. So, so once again, is they encounter those assholes enough until they get enough of the mirror to go, maybe I'm an asshole and I haven't been listening. So the mirror works for when you're learning something new outside of yourself, but people use it to bypass their actual work. See what I'm saying? Not really that last part. What do you mean by that last part? Meaning. So, they project onto the other person that if they're the mirror, that means they're the mirror for them and they have nothing to work on. And all I'm doing is reflecting your behavior back to you. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. 
But if you want to mirror what how they want, how you want people to treat you, why would you mirror the same behavior back to them and be an asshole back? Mm. So if someone's rude to you, you mirror to them kindness. And because you know who you are, you're not going to be their shadow mirror. You're going to be their mirror of the opposite side of the coin. But if you don't know who you are, you're going to be in a clumsy hall of mirrors for a while. So when people get enough mirrors, they can reject their shadow. And then they call it projection. They go, oh, they're projecting onto me when really they're projecting onto the mirror, which is projecting onto themselves. And they're seeing their own reflection in everyone. And they're rejecting their own reflection, ultimately burying them further into their shadow. Does that make sense? That's a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm processing all, I'm, I'm, pro, it's, I'm processing all of that. Is there ever, is, is, is there ever times where you are not an asshole and someone's being an asshole and you go, man, that person's being an asshole, but it's actually not a projection or, a, or a mirror where it's just, you're just noticing something in someone else that you don't have anymore. Or if you were blissed out and perfect, would you even notice that negative thing in someone else? I'll give you an example. If a, if a child comes up to you and says, your hair looks stupid, how do you react? I don't care. Nice Why? Because it's yeah. just a child. Because I don't, I don't respect or value the perspective of a child in that way if I don't. Unless it's an insightful child. Yeah. So, yeah. The point is because it doesn't affect you because you don't let it affect you. And when you have an adult that calls you out on your trauma that is deep in there, that's hiding, you're allowing it to affect you because it agitates. It brings it up into your awareness. And so when you, I want to say two, two things. So when, when, you, when it gets highlighted in you, it's a chance for you to bring it up and actually work on the thing. What a lot of people in the spiritual communities are doing now is they're detaching from it. So they're not learning from it. They're not learning from the agitation that, let's say the mirror, when you say mm. things and the people mirror the behavior back to you, because they're so ultra spiritual, they don't actually learn the lesson. They become more and more detached and mm. actually separated from their body. Yeah. And that is a problem. Mm. Is it almost because like, it, is it almost like, something's coming up with them and they're going, well, we're spiritual. Nothing exists anyway. So the thing that is the feeling arising in me doesn't exist either. Meaning I don't have to look or take it seriously rather than feeling something arise and going, okay, that's a mirror showing and it's showing me something, a trauma still in me. And then rather than looking at that and dealing with it, they just like bypass it and go, Oh, it's all bullshit anyway. Yeah. I can Yeah. I can give you an example. So if you come at me all angry and I am in a centered state and let's say uh, you say something that I find disrespectful, you've agitated my level of, of how much respect I demand of people. And if there's an ego attachment to this level of respect that I, I expect from people, you might get the horns, you mm. might get the bull or the lion's teeth. If I recognize there's something wounded inside of you because I have moved past this level of respect and there's no point in uh, engaging with people that have, you know, 
let's say wounds and that's not in their character first you have to deem is that their character or because you're centered and you go oh well clearly this person's hurting well what are they hurting from let's figure it out why so the Mm. person that isn't traumatized or from their past and triggered by the comments they can go well what is this thing that's actually happening right now like uh, are you hungry are you did someone hurt you uh, no, no one hurt me, you know, and then they're going off on these things and you're like, well, what is it? You know? And then, so it's like, you're talking to a child, but then once you find the unmet need, which takes a lot of practice and you, people can start by reading nonviolent communication by Waylon Myers and practice the actual things one year in a heated environment. And uh, once you can find people's needs, usually they get calmed down. Sometimes they don't but at least you know you mirror to them the way you want to be treated versus fall into the game of also being agitated. Mm-hmm. If your safety is not compromised. Now, if your safety is being compromised, it's a whole different story. And it's once again, back up, back up, back up, back up. You're, you're going to get it, like especially if you're trained in combat or whatnot. And so because a person isn't agitated, they don't receive that and they can see something for what it is and they're hurting. So, you are the mirror to them of how they should treat people. They are the mirror to you as to what you've already healed inside of yourself versus reflecting back maybe five, 10 years ago, how you might have lit into this person for being disrespectful. And how dare you come at me like that versus Mm. seeing someone for being, having unmet needs and they don't know how to express them clearly. Mm. So whenever those people come up at you and you can remain centered like a child when they're like, you're here, stupid, you're, you're, you know, your earphones look dumb. There's better <laughs> ones out there. And you're like, hmm, what makes you say those things? You know, and then they're like, no one's no one's asked me. We always engage and I always have a fight. And I'm always reaffirmed that I'm a problem and mm. that everyone's a jerk. So once you know who you are and your limits of your personality and the limits of your triggers. And then you're working on them. They're not that you detach from them is they don't bother you anymore. Mm. That's the thing. But when people don't do the work, then they distance themselves from their heart, which means they can't actually talk to people from their heart. They're talking to them from somewhere else outside of their body. And they're giving some, either either fragmented psyche because they're so traumatized that they're fractured their their soul splits into a different fragment and they're Mm. talking from that fragment from somewhere distant not in their body where they can feel the pain somewhere else but when you're in your body you feel what they're saying and you also feel inside yourselves where they're hurting the mirror Mm. so because you know yourself you're like i wasn't hurting there before Hmm. I wonder why I would hurt there. Why would I hurt there? When have I hurt there before? I'm like, Oh, uh, I was anxious at some point. Okay. That's, and then my left shoulder would hurt when I was anxious, but you you have to know these things. Like it's, Mm. it takes a lot of work to process these things. And then you can go, Oh, well, are you, are you anxious? Are you feeling anxious? Well, yeah, of course I'm anxious. Don't you see that I'm anxious? I'm like, no, it looks like you're angry. Is there anything else you can like, why, why are you anxious? You know? Well, you know, I'm like, I have rent to pay and this and that. And I'm like, oh, so is this about money? Like, are you nervous? And then I'm like, well, yeah. Aren't, aren't you nervous about money? No. 
Mm. Well, but I can see, I remember a time when I was nervous about money. So that's why I can, I can see why you're nervous about money, you know, as an example. And then you can go, well, if you have the time, space, willingness, all those things you go, well, well, tell me what's the problem? Like, is there something that I can do for you or do you want to vent? Mm. And then sometimes they'll go like, uh, is there anything you can do for me? I don't know. What's the situation? And then you have a conversation, but if you meet them with what they, what they, what, how they showed up, then you get nothing done especially if you love and care for this person. If it's someone from the street, then it's like, I literally don't have time for this right now. Hmm. And they become the mirror of what you've healed and unhealed and someone yells at you in anxiety. And then you go, oh, I can see they're hurting, but I don't have time for this. So, and they see how they were treated. They get some love and kindness unconsciously. And then you go on about, about your day. So you become a mirror for other people of how, they should treat other people. Mm. And that's the mirror projection to the mirror. And then eventually if people aren't brave enough to be in their bodies and feel the things that they're feeling, they disconnect from their bodies and call everything a projection. And then they're the mirror for everybody. And, you know, everyone's at pro everyone's less wise <laughs> than they, than they are. Cause, and then they project it to me that I'm all knowing. And I'm like, I'm not all knowing, but I do know a lot. And at the same time, I'll admit when I'm wrong because I live with four women and I am really good at admitting when I'm wrong. <laughs> like you're, babe, you're right. Yes, I will go apologize to mom. Yes, I didn't say thank you. You're right. I, I should, my manner should be better. You're like, I, I'll go say thank you <laughs> all day. Yeah. yeah. I know. I, I, I feel you, man. But that, that's, that's where we're going to finish up. And now, uh, before we officially finish up, uh, please share with us what you're currently working on and where people can find you. They could find me on Instagram at health.performance.engineer. They could uh, find my website. I'm kind of doing it backwards, I realized. My website is, Sarah and I's website is uh, primalfusionhealth.com. And what I'm currently working on is building my online community where basically people come in and ask questions like this. And Sarah and I have frameworks and courses as to how to find your dream, how to find your values, how to know where your boundaries are, what are your archetypes, how do you assess dreams. And we go live every Monday. Actually, before this, I went live for two and a half hours and we talked deeply about a certain thing because the idea is you don't want to gloss over things like an Instagram post. Mm. We want to make sure that you grasp what you're doing because you can't ask better questions unless you really understand the material. And I said, understand, because I'm not standing under the material. It's inside of me. I understand, understand it. I stand inside of myself fully. And then we ask better questions. So the community evolves as practitioners, as people, as fathers, as mothers, as daughters and siblings, all the things, but people get better. And there's, we talk about from things like farming to detoxification, to, you know, personal work, to trauma, to childhood things. And people can like you would think like taking up two hours of someone's time in the call is like a bad thing, but everyone learns from it. Everybody learns from it. And everyone's like, this is the idea is to keep as non judgment, no judgment, no bullying, no picking. Like we're here to learn. And anyone that's not here to learn is not going to fit in. Cause mm -hmm. if you're going to be asking the same things and you're not learning, it's going to get boring to you. So we're growing as practitioners. I go over case studies with people. Um, 
so many things that we go deep, deep, deep on in Primal Pride. And people can go to members.primalpride.com or primalpride.com and join us. Everyone gets a free week. Um, but we're here to expand or contract what people, you know, need to <laughs> need to feel because some people are too blown out already. So then we got to ground them. And then some people are so grounded that are so in themselves that they don't know how to look outside themselves. And then we have to teach people how to all the things from meditation to breath work to, and the mechanics of breathing. And, you know, and if you're breathing, you don't have the mechanics of breathing, what muscles you need to release to properly. And if you can't release the muscles, who do you need to go see? Like all those things are so intimately interwoven and easily searched and how to take care of yourself and help yourself. And when you're stuck, you go to office hours and we go, go deep on it for two to three hours every Monday. And um, that's what I'm currently building with my wife to share with the world um and then we have our herbs primal fusion herbs i'm sure some of us some of you guys will see me smoking a bag so we have primalfusionherbs.com for any of you paul check follower following volcano smoking people out there mm. well alex thank you very much for coming on man this was a yes yeah, was an interesting and definitely confronting conversation and i know I know some people like me that are listening are, I think what I, yeah, got out of this conversation a lot is how to, how to feel when you're confronted and how to still stay open enough to see who the person is confronting you, who they really are. And like, keep your, keep your heart open as much as possible and not shut down and to stay stay open and just constantly going like in and out opening and closing the valve and stuff. And yeah, as I said, man, like, yeah, being around uh, people like you is not something I'm used to. And so I value it greatly to be able to be around someone like you that is trustworthy and is compassionate because there's a lot of people that are confronting that don't care about people and that are not compassionate. And they're the ones that traumatize and hurt you. And, and cause a lot of pain when you're still in the process of healing yourself. So, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be reflecting on, on this for a time to come for sure, brother. Thank you for having me on here and thank you for uh, bringing all that up. It's people need to hear it. People, people need to go through it and realizing that people come out the tunnel better. It's not worse if they actually go through the process. So thank you for participating with me in that and being honest and it's uh, all I can ask for. Amen, brother. And take care, everyone. Love you. Bye. Thanks for tuning into the show today, everybody. If you enjoyed it and you want to show your support, be sure to click the subscribe button and share this podcast with someone you feel will enjoy it. And before we go, I want to take another moment to thank our sponsors, Listening to Smile and Indigo Sun. And if you're interested in anything I mentioned regarding either of them, be sure to visit their websites, which are linked in the description of this podcast. And that's it. So I'll see you all in the next episode. I love you. Bye.